we are in the third week of a series that we are calling Play for Peace. Um, Play for Peace, because this year, 2022, we are certainly wanting to lean into and live in the peace that is ours in the person of Jesus Christ. Because I don't know if you knew this, but we were not designed for overwhelming concern. We were not designed to live with consuming worry. We were not designed to live with that lingering tightness in the chest. We were not designed to live staying up at night tormented by thoughts of what if and what might be. We were not designed for Worry and overwhelming concern. We were not designed to live in ways that keep us from enjoying the joy that is ours in Jesus. We weren't designed to live in ways that no longer enjoy the moments that he places in front of us because we're so concerned about the next moments. We weren't designed to live in ways that keep us from walking in the mission that he has called us to. If you have a copy of the Bible, we're going to get right to the passage of scripture that we are camping in over the course of these weeks. This is Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start reading at verse number 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. If you don't have a Bible, well, a couple of things. First of all, if you don't own a physical copy of the Bible, we would love to get one in your hands. So feel free to head out to our guest services area and just ask for one. It'll be our delight to give you one. Otherwise, Verses will appear on the screen um, in front of you, wherever you happen to be um, at this point. Um, We can turn it on on your phone. There's so many options for the word of God uh, these days. Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse number 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. And here is your promise. Here is your portion. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. If you have been staying up at night with thoughts or concerns playing and replaying if you're in your mind, if, if, if concerns have caused lingering tightness in your chest, you are experiencing a reality that is not for you. You were not created to live consumed by concerns. Paul says, nothing should get to the point where it is consuming or overwhelming your inner being with worry. That is not for you. Oh no. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, peace is your portion. Peace is your Promise. You were designed to enjoy overwhelming calm of the soul in the person of Jesus. And in this passage of scripture, Paul is assuring us that, hey, listen, peace is ours to have. And peace is ours to hold. And in 2022, 
know about you, but I'm coming for what's mine in Jesus. I am tired of being bullied by overwhelming concerns. I am tired of being robbed of joy because I'm so concerned about what may or may not happen in the future. I'm so tired of any tightness in the chest or staying up at night when this is my portion. I'm coming after what's mine in 2022, and I'll strongly suggest that you do the same. And apparently, all you need to experience this overwhelming, consuming sense of calm that is ours is to pray for it. It sounds like such a churchy thing. So simple, like a caveman could do. It's like a Geico commercial. Like, so simple. Like, all you have to do is pray for it. So simple that I think an overcomplicating church often, could it really be? I don't know. I feel like there's maybe a little bit more to it. No. Apparently, all you have to do to enjoy your portion is to pray for it, right? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Tell God. He says with prayer. That's the idea of telling it to God. Tell God. Tell God. Which just means... Hey, tell God exactly what it is that's worrying you. Tell God exactly what it is that is tormenting your mind with overwhelming concern. Do not make it PG for him. Do not try and censor it. Do not try and dilute it to make it somehow more God-friendly as if he doesn't know. Tell him the exact nature of the thing that's keeping you up at night, no matter how crazy it sounds, no matter how inappropriate it sounds, no matter how much it feels like this should be something that's keeping me up at night. I'm a mature Christian. Uh, It doesn't matter what it is. Tell him the exact nature of what it is. Tell him. And then ask God, make your request. In other words, Ask God for the outcome that you long for instead, right? Because you're freaking out and worried that things may end up in a certain direction and you don't want that direction. You'd rather it was, well, what was the thing you would rather it was, right? Ask God for the outcome that you ultimately long for. No matter how childish it may seem to you, no matter how big it may seem, no matter how impossible, because you are now talking to the only one who ultimately controls outcomes. Whatever you've been doing hasn't worked. So ask God and then thank God. This takes faith. And thanking God is understanding that when I tell God and when I ask God, I literally take whatever's been concerning me and I drop it off at his feet and say, it's yours now. And God says, thank you. That was always the arrangement. Cast your cares and your concerns on me for I care for you. Which should lead you to say, God, thank you so much for taking care of the thing that's been consuming me. Thank you, God. For being in control of the outcome, I leave it in your hands. And even though it's not resolved yet, even though I don't know what the solution is going to be, I thank you for taking it over. And then repeat. Because this process of prayer is not an event, it's a lifestyle. It's something that we do over and over and over again about everything that starts to consume our minds with concerns. And God says, if you do that, I promise you, you will have my peace. I promise you, you will have my overwhelming calm. All I need to do to have peace is to pray and repeat. But as we want to talk about in this series, if I don't hold the peace I have through prayer, If I don't hold the peace, I will surrender that peace quickly and sink back into this sense of overwhelming concern. I pray to have it, but I've got to work to hold it. Well, listen, I'm the person who pictures help me quite a lot. And as I was thinking about this passage in consuming concern and consuming calm, a very familiar story came to mind that I think will help us to walk in this a little bit better. Um, If you have a copy of the Bible, which again, 
If you don't, we would love to get one in your hands. We are going to jump to Matthew chapter 14. Um, We're going to start reading at verse 22. This is a well-known story. Jesus is teaching a crowd of people. And when he's done teaching this crowd of people, he dismisses his disciples and says, Hey, y'all jump in a boat. Go ahead. Well, Matthew tells us. Verse 22. Immediately, when Jesus is done teaching, he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of this massive body of water, the Sea of Galilee. While he, Jesus, dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed the crowd, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. So apparently Jesus wanted to spend some uninterrupted time alone with his father. Without, you know, Peter saying a few random things every two seconds and without the disciples arguing about this, that, and the other. He wanted a little peace and cue, so he sends them ahead, and then he goes up in the mountains to spend time with his father. Verse number 24, and the boat was already a considerable distance um, from the land, buffeted by the waves. Because the wind was against it. Um, No one who's familiar with that particular region will be surprised by the fact that um, the disciples were ambushed by a surge of waves. That area was notorious for sudden storms. Um, winds would form in the mountains that surrounded that particular lake. And they would just work up and work up and work up. And eventually they would swoop down into the lake and would stir the water, creating these massive and dangerous waves that would beat up against a wooden vessel like the ones that the disciples were in on this particular occasion, just rocking that thing filling it with water and threatening to sink it. That was what the disciples were experiencing on this particular evening. Not a good situation at all. Should not surprise any of us to learn that they were overwhelmed with concern at the prospect of going under. And Matthew makes sure that we understand they were stuck in this scary storm situation. They were too far from either, they were considerable distance from shore, meaning they were too far from either shore to dock in any place of safety. So they're just in it. And even though a number of the disciples in the boat were fishermen by trade, they had spent so much time on this water. This was one of those situations that they knew was outside of their control. There was nothing that they could ultimately do. This was a scary situation, a cause for concern with the power to take them under scary moments as you can picture the disciples scooping water out of the boat to try and keep it from going under as you can imagine the disciples are moving back and forth within the boat trying to balance the weight of the boat as evenly as it could all the while holding on to anything to keep them balanced and from going off the edge and to add to the concern Jesus is not there with them to put the storm in time out. By the way, I read this story and I thought, wow. Can we just talk about this picture of worry? I mean, can we just talk about this picture of Anxiety. Can we talk about this picture of overwhelming concern? Because isn't this what it's like? I mean, one moment it is sunny and it is a festive ride on the water, and my thoughts are all calm and pretty and very composed. We just ministered to a few people, a few thousand at that. Life seems good. All the while, winds are starting to form in the mountains around me, in the culture, in my home. I'm not even aware of it. (laughs) And then almost out of nowhere, sudden storm 
rocks my mind. It rocks my heart. Thoughts beating up against my mind. Like surge of waves. Feels like they're taking me under. And I try to scoop one thought out and replace it with another. But another anxious thought comes in. And I cannot seem to reason quickly enough to stabilize myself. And I'm too far from where I started. Because you know when the anxious thoughts started to come about. And you're like, I wish I could just go back to, oh, no, too late. We're in it now. Stuck in this situation as things start to spiral. And it feels like I'm going under just trying to hold on to any random thing to keep me a little bit balanced. As my heart rate starts starts to increase as my chest starts to tighten convinced that something is going to take me under this is such a picture if you're anything like me of the way the mind gets tormented all of a sudden the storm hits have you ever been there i came by the way to remind you that life is not for you. Verse 25. Shortly before the sun came up, shortly before dawn, <laughs> if this was a different sermon, we'd talk about Jesus. Why do you like to wait so long? Um, Jesus, so you're up in the mountains and you can probably see what's going on down there, but mm, shortly before dawn, thanks, take your time, Lord. Um, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. Check this out. Walking on the lake. I love the Bible. I love how matter of fact Matthew says that like it wasn't even a thing. Like it, and Jesus just came walking on. I love how he says that like it wasn't even hard for, for Jesus um, to take a stroll on the sea in a storm. Because it wasn't hard for Jesus at all. I don't know how your Savior strolls, but mine, he walks on seas. Your terrible physics, glorious truth. Who walks on waves? Apparently, Jesus does. This is so awesome. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, the next part requires no explanation. They were terrified. It's a ghost. They said, and they cried out in fear. Ah! I don't know how they cried out. You interpret it however you want. I read that, I'm like, yeah, that's not fair, man. Like, that's not cool. Like, they're already freaking out about the storm that's threatening to take them under. And while they're dealing with the storm, oh, here comes a seawalker. And I'm like, that's not cool. Could feel a tad overwhelming. This is that like murder hornets on top of a pandemic vibe situation. Like, weren't we dealing with enough? And yet, is that not how worry tends to work? Loves to bring friends. Like, we're sinking. And then an angel of death just came to help us just, you know, <laughs> right over the edge. It's a ghost. They're overwhelmed with concern. And Jesus' response is classic. Verse 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. I need to say that more, by the way. I'm always like, it's me. Like, no, it is I, he says. Do not be afraid. Huh? Don't be afraid. What? I mean, because we're, we're sitting in this safe, very calm room right now. And we can afford to just look at these words and be like, thus saith the Lord. That's crazy. Do not be afraid. Hang on a second. Storm plus ghost. And Jesus' first words, calm down. Don't let this concern consume you. What? Um, if this is not an okay time, 
to be overwhelmed by fear, what is? Um, Apparently, Paul was right. Nothing should get to the point where it's consuming or overwhelming your inner being with worry. That's not for you. Do not be anxious, overwhelmed with worry about anything, which apparently must mean anything. Because I'm just telling you, this to me would have been the perfect time for Jesus to say, well... Okay, there are occasional situations such as storms and seawalkers when it may be acceptable for you to feel free to go ahead and ah, freak out, right? But apparently, nope. You were not made for consuming concern. You were not made for overwhelming worry. It's not for you. Not on seas, not on shores, not for you. Not in sunshine, not in storms, not for you. Because if there ever was a moment when it might be okay to let worry start to take me, this seems to be the moment. Jesus is like, nope. Do not let fear or worry overwhelm you. I don't know how scary the thing that's keeping you up at night is, but Jesus and Paul would both agree it doesn't get to. Don't let it overwhelm you. And let's be honest, this would sound like a really cruel thing to say to somebody whose mind is playing games and is spiraling and the waves are just buffeting their soul. This would sound like such a cruel thing to say except for The fact that the one saying it is walking on waves. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus says. Calm down. Do not let fear or worry overwhelm you. And he gives the reason. It is I. I'm here. I love that. He doesn't say, do not be afraid. What waves? Waves are nothing. He doesn't minimize the situation. He doesn't say wind. You don't have to worry about wind. He doesn't say, listen, you don't have to be overwhelmed. The economy will pan out. And your retirement will stay intact. And nothing will happen to your kids. He doesn't say that. He doesn't act like the concern isn't real. He says, no, you can have peace because I'm here. That's the kind of peace that Paul says is our promise, is our portion. Jesus is painting a picture of this transcendent peace that's tied to him as a person. It's not peace like anything you could possibly conjure up. It's not peace that you can scoop up, you know, by pouring things out or by rationing, reasoning things together. This is a different kind of peace. This is unlike anything you've ever seen. Because did anyone else notice in this story, or is it just me, that Jesus, Jesus walked through the storm. Did anyone else notice, or was it just me, that Jesus walked On the waves. This is so awesome. I'm just trying to tell you about the peace that's your portion in the person of Jesus Christ. Because let's talk logically just for a second. Did it not occur to Jesus at any point to maybe first turn off the storm? Did it not occur to Jesus at any point to maybe first still the waves? Do you know how much easier it is to walk on water when there are no waves? Um, did it not occur to Jesus to maybe first silence the thing that was scaring his friends? Yeah, he could have done that. But then we wouldn't know that the kind of peace he offers us is transcendent. 
It doesn't require your situation to change. This peace can walk right through it. This peace can walk right on the thing that's scaring you to get to you. It's a different, it's transcendent peace. It's a consuming calm that doesn't need everything to first be calm. That's the kind of peace we're constantly searching for in this world. If we can scoop out enough things and if we can balance things out and if we can make things calm and if we can change the situation, oh, there's a kind of peace that comes right through the situation, doesn't need it to change in order to calm our souls. The peace we want to walk in, y'all, it works in storms. Jesus says, you don't have to be overwhelmed even though your life is being overrun. I'm here now. And your peace comes from me. It comes from the one who walks on waves. I walk through storms. I surf on what's scaring you. I live above your situation. I live above your circumstance. And that's the brand of peace I offer to you. I don't know if you need some peace that can surf on what you're scared of. Paul says, ask for it. Ask for it. I've been tormented for so long with with trying to resolve things and trying to find a, a version of peace that requires that I know things are calm first. I want Jesus. Turn the storm off first. He's like, no, I have a better kind of peace than that. Just ask, which is what Peter does. Um, Peter says what I pray we will all say in 2022. He says, um, yeah, I want some. Peter is like, uh, uh, yeah, I want to try. Verse 28. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied. Which, by the way, for some of us, this may be where we need to start. Lord, if it's true, if any part of, of what It says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, it's true. If it's true, then let me, I want some. I don't know that I can fully understand it or believe it. It seems like a ghost walking on water to me. I don't know what it is, but if it's true, if it's really you, if your word is really true, right? Peter says, then uh, tell me to come to you on the water. That is the best and boldest request ever. I'm just saying, if it was me, I'd be like, if it's you, please turn the storm off. None of us like it. Peter's, oh, no, no. If it's you, let me come to you and experience what you're experiencing. I just came to tell you that is your portion of peace. It's to experience what Jesus experiences. Surfing over storms. On waves, a peace that doesn't need things to change. Peter's like, I want to come there. This is so awesome. And Jesus says, what I believe he will say to anyone of us who asks him, hey, I want some. I think he will say the same thing he says to Peter, I want some of your promised peace. Jesus is like, sure. Verse 29, come. It's one word. This is crazy to me, by the way. Again, if we had time to just talk about that one word, we'd be like, do you know how many years I've spent like running and, and scooping? And you're just like, yeah, that's right. It's come, he said. Then Peter He did it. He got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. I'm telling you, you have as much overwhelming calm in your life as you want. Because Jesus said, it's yours. It's a promise. Come get it. Transcendent peace. Come and get it. 
Peter takes Jesus at his word. He gets out of the boat, and he literally walks on the waves that were threatening to sink him just a few moments ago towards Jesus. Peter walked on water above the waves with Jesus. What a picture of peace that transcends understanding. He experiences this inner calm even through outer chaos. Because you notice the waves still haven't stopped. Circumstances haven't changed. The assurances haven't come. The economy hasn't stabilized. Pandemic hasn't gone away. The prognosis hasn't changed. And yet here is Peter walking through it. May 2022 be a year in which God's people experience the kind of peace that allows us to walk through it. Walk on it. Whatever it happens to be. Because after all, we're with him. This is incredible. Um, Tell him, ask him, thank him. And repeat, because scooping water and, and, and balancing life and trying to change circumstances that cause your mind to be restless, there's maybe a place for that. But what I can tell you is it will not bring about the kind of calm, the kind of peace that is your portion in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, so I'm just asking you, are you experiencing peace? Are you asking for the peace? Because it's yours if you want it. The problem is, um, I think in the church, we have the same kind of thing that happened in the boat. It's the problem of percentages. (laughs) Where um, 12 people experienced the same thing, saw the same person. And 11 out of 12 said, hmm, hmm, that could be cool. But I'm going to go ahead and stay here in the boat and just keep scooping. I'm just going to go ahead and stay in the boat here and just, you know, like, uh, just keep holding on for dear life. This is such a tragic picture of what I think so often happens. Jesus comes and he shows up. And he issues an invitation. Like the minute he says, come, I I should want to know, wait, does that apply to me too? Does that apply to me too? But so often we sit in the boat of the church and we hear the promises and we hear the invitation and we are more than content to just say, let's see how it works out for someone else. And we miss out on something that is our portion, our promise, simply because... We didn't take him at his word. And in this series, we're saying, please don't be a church statistic. Be a wave surfer. All you have to do is start talking to Jesus about it, asking him for it. I'm not even kidding you. These last two weeks have been unreal for me. I'm not even ashamed to talk about it. Um, I, I don't know for all the years that I've read these passages and even taught on them, this feels like the first time I'm like, oh, I, I'm, I want some. And I got on out. And it has been unreal. I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to testify as a very satisfied customer. Y'all, it's true. It is true. I've experienced it. I'm like, why have I not before? Now, I'm not going to lie. I expected it to be some like this, like uh, unusual, like divine feeling of tranquility that has me like floating or something like that is what I expected the peace to be like. The truth of the matter is it's just this undergirding of like, I'm okay. And I'm going to be okay. Like I expected it to be this transcendent feeling. And for me, at least, it hasn't been a transcendent feeling. 
what it's been has been a transcendent experience because I'm feeling like it's going to be okay, but nothing has changed. The same things that would keep me up at night and would cause my mind to be shaken this way and that way have not changed. It transcends understanding in the sense like, how am I like going to... I slept, right? And it's just this sense of like, it is going to be... Okay, it's been unbelievable. I cannot recommend it any more. Um, it's been amazing. It's just for me trying to practice this, like something stirs and it overwhelms. And I come and I tell God, this is the legitimately the exact thing I'm freaking out about. And God, in an ideal world, you would please do this instead. But in the meantime, thank you for taking this and owning this and carrying this situation. And oh, I'm okay. Sometimes it happened immediately. Sometimes it's happened like a couple of hours later. I'm like, Lord, are you still in the mountains praying? Because, um, but yet this has been as promised. And it's been absolutely incredible. And I just don't want to go back. I don't want to do it any other way. Unfortunately, I've also experienced um, what um, Peter experiences. Uh, Moments of second guessing and then new concerns come in and new what ifs come in. And well, check it out. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, this is Peter, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, then the wind died down. This is so interesting. It says Peter saw the wind. I thought the wind was there the whole time. Uh, This is just Matthew's way of telling us. Peter shifted his focus from the Savior back to the storm. Back to the waves. Back to the circumstances. Back to the scary thoughts. Because I don't know if I mentioned, but peace is not just ours to have. Peace is is ours to hold. To have it, I just need to ask the Lord and repeat. That's the truth. Um, To hold it, that would depend on what I choose to practice. And more than that, it will depend on what I choose to focus on. And Paul tells us the kinds of things that we want to stare at. Come on, Peter. He tells us the kinds of things that we want to, to, to look at, the things we want to, to focus on, the things we want to surround ourselves with. If we want to stay in the peace that is our portion, the peace that is our promise. This is verse number eight, Philippians chapter four. Here's what it says. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And he goes on to say, hey, and if you continue to practice thinking about such things, the God of peace will be with you, will remain with you. If you feed your mind with these things, you will continue to enjoy your peace. And man, I've been trying to practice this over the last couple of weeks, and it's been, it's been incredible. I'm not going to lie to you. I just feel like testifying today. Um, Whatever is true, and we said two weeks ago, there is no greater source of truth than the word of God. And so over the last couple of weeks, I've tried to surround myself with the word of God. It's been playing in my ears and and, and in my car. And I've just, I'm not going to lie to you. Oftentimes, I just have it playing. I'm not paying too much attention to what it's saying. And five minutes later, I don't know who begat Mekhishelev. I don't even know. 
right? But the word of God is playing and it starts to become the environment in which I am now living. And I have experienced lingering seasons and stretches of peace unlike any other time in my life. And I'm like, the Bible is true. So true. It's been incredible. Um, for, for the next four minutes, we want to just spend some time talking about two of the things that Paul says in this section of Scripture. Um, two, two marks, two things he would say. If, if you want to keep your peace, if you want to hold your peace, focus, surround yourself Things like this. Um, Philippians 4 verse 8. Uh, the third part. Whatever is lovely, he says. Whatever is admirable. If I'm going to enjoy walking in the peace that God gives me. When I ask. Then no matter what is swirling around in my heart. No matter what is swirling around in the world. Outside of me. I must constantly engage and express things that are lovely and admirable. If you ask for peace, God is going to give you peace. But if you want to continue to walk in that peace and not sink beneath the waves of worry, you've got to focus on and feed on that which is lovely and admirable. The only place in the New Testament that these two words are used and these words believe it or not focus on how i position people with my words what i don't know if you knew that i didn't realize that no matter how much i've read this the word lovely is really about speaking words that a person would appreciate it's really that simple Words a person would appreciate. Paul is saying, if you want to walk in peace, engage and express the kinds of things that make people feel loved and appreciated. I'm like, what? We were just, we're talking about transcendent peace. Mm -hmm. That's your part to play for peace. Isn't that interesting? I didn't know my words were connected to my peace, and yet it makes sense. I cannot hope to walk in the peace that God offers me if I'm creating chaos in someone else's heart with my words. It doesn't work. I kind of hope to keep my holy calm when I speak to people in tones, you know, and, and with words that steal their sense of calm. It doesn't work. The way you speak to people has the power to sink your peace or help you stay surfing on waves. And I'm just saying, some of us have been restless and sinking and tight-chested and up at night, not because of the economy, but because we continue to speak unlovely words to the people in our world. I was telling my wife just yesterday. Um, it's amazing um, how much peace I've given up. Because I'm so often a bully. Who feels like, like, well, I'm the dad. I'm the man in this house. So I don't have to be careful. How I speak to my kids. And what I stir in them the second guessing or the lack of calm or the wounds to their hearts. Because I've, I've got to speak truth sometimes. In unlovely ways. It is amazing how much I've probably sunk my own peace because of how I choose to speak to my own kids. Right? I want my father to, to give me peace that 
creates calm in my soul. And then with my words, I undo the calm in their stories. And I wonder why I can't sleep. It doesn't work. Peace is your portion. I'm telling you, do not surrender it because you've been married so long and you've got one of those worn in relationships that have you to the point where you don't even think anymore how the way you speak to your spouse makes them feel that's stupid anyway <laughs> like we are so comfortable with each other we've stopped weighing our words and the loveliness of them and we wonder why We keep sabotaging our own peace. Sharp tongue, restless soul. Show me that person. Sarcastic and biting. I will show you a person who probably struggles with peace. It is not worth it. I'm telling you, do not surrender your peace in the break room at work because that person just gets on your nerves. And so you just have to say it. Don't leave your peace in the comment section on social media just because you disagreed with someone. I'm just asking, do you have any question why we've maybe been experiencing a famine of peace? Have you listened to the way we talk to each other? And Paul is saying, Mm-mm. You, can't, you can have peace, but you can't hold it if you can't hold your tongue and use it in lovely ways with the people Around You want to keep your peace from sinking. Fight to use words in ways that leave people feeling loved and appreciated. And let me please say this. I would suspect the Lord would say to most of us, start where you sleep. Or struggle to sleep. I think about this and I think about all the political people who are doing all of this stuff out there and social media and all the platforms. And the Lord, I believe, would say to us, no, 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 start in your home. Start in your dorm room. Start at your workplace. Start with the people who you spend the most time with and you've become so familiar with them that you've believed it's okay to talk to each other in ways that are not lovely. And I'm telling you, we will sabotage our peace in 2022 if we think it's okay to continue to. To do that. The devil will come after our peace and he will come to our homes. Create peace in the places where you sleep. Create peace in your kids' heart. Create peace peace with your words in your spouse's heart, in your roommate's heart. Like choose words that are lovely. Gotta move on. Um, Admirable. Words that wish favor. That's what that word means. Words that wish favor. And um, this is just like the last word, except it has more to do with how you speak about other people. Like, wow. Yep. It's not just what you say to people. It's what you say about them. You want to walk in peace, engage and express the kinds of things that wish better outcomes for the people you're talking about. In other words, if God took what you said about other people as a prayer request, would their future be better? Are those the kinds of things you say about people? That's admirable. That's admirable. Every time you speak disparagingly or you use words that would wound someone, you sabotage and you sink your own peace, Peter. I'm sorry if anyone in this room is named Peter. Man, you think you are burning somebody behind their back. Burn! You are just burning your own peace. And I don't mean to pick on you teenagers, but I'm telling you, there is a crisis of peace and worry and anxiety among our teens. And I'm telling you, we should not be surprised when you listen to the ways they think it's okay to talk about each other and cut each other behind their backs. And then there is this anxiety to the point where we need to take, you know, artificial things to help us out. And as parents, as parents, we cannot ever communicate that it's okay for you to speak that way about other people in their absence. You are just going to, I want your peace. So speak admirably about people, even if you don't like them. 
No politician is worth giving up your peace for. Choose words that wish them a better future, even if you disagree with them. And with words that speak favor. No social media post about that group you don't like is worth it. Man, the amount of peace I have given up and sabotaged and just surrendered processing with my wife. Right? Like she's my safe person. So I process things out loud with her. Like that gives me permission to just be a jerk and to be cruel in evaluating and talking about people because it's my wife. This is a safe place. Oh, no, condo. And you wonder why you can't sleep at night. Speak admirably, regardless of who you're talking to. (laughs) Speak over people the way you would hope God would speak over your heart in restless times, even when he doesn't like you, even when he didn't agree with you. Man, the amount of peace I've given up to referees at my kids' sporting events. I want peace this year. I'm like, good call, ref. Travel, that's a trap. Well, travel safely, sir. You know, uh, I want my peace this year, man. Spirit of the living God, help me to speak words of favor about people. All right, I'm wrapping up. Um, For some of you, by the way, this also means if you are spending time with people who enjoy the tea and the gossip and the latest And just berating people behind their back. If that's the environment in which you've got to get some new friends. That group of friends is not worth your portion of peace this year. Some of you are sabotaging your peace because of the people you surround yourself with. And so the things you're constantly talking about require you to have to keep looking over your shoulders just in case the person you're talking about shows up. If you have to have conversations which people are constantly saying, now don't tell anybody I've said this. Don't tell her. Don't tell him. That is an unhealthy place and it's going to sink your peace. It's not worth it. I feel like I've made my point. Here's what I'm saying. I don't know whether for you the invitation of the Spirit today is to ask for the peace that transcends all understanding, that surfs on whatever it is that's been scaring you, that comes through storms. It's good through any situation and all you need to do is honestly Ask God. And for some of us, I think the invitation is, oh no, God has said yes. But you are going, I'm telling you, each one of us can ask him for peace that transcends all understanding. And he'll be like, sure. But what I'm telling you is you are going to walk out of those doors and you are going to get to the kid's wing to get your kid. And the teacher there is going to say, "Mm, he was a little bit difficult today. You lovely child. Bless you. And your future, right? I mean, I don't think we pay attention to how quickly we got into a fight in the car on the way home and we just sabotaged it. So for some of us, this is a war cry to hold on to your peace. To maybe ask about who it is that you're hanging out with and the kinds of conversations that you are having with each other. Hey, I'm going to ask the elders and the prayer team, come on up here. If you want somebody to pray with you, to ask God for peace, to ask God to give you the strength to hold on to your peace. We would love to do that. If you want somebody to pray with you for God to move the mountain or to silence the storm, he does do that. There's another story. You remember, he can do that too. Whatever it is that you need somebody to pray and agree with you, please come on up and allow us the privilege of praying with you. Father, thank you so much for your peace. Help us to continue to ask for it. Help us to continue to believe you for it as a lifestyle. Help us to continue to put around us things that are true and pure and admirable and noble and lovely. Help us, Lord, to guard our peace so that we would walk in it this year. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.